The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then the man who was blind went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes. Then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. They did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities who had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, Give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. 
You do not know where this man comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sin, and you are trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now that you say, We see, your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. As we get nearer to Easter, the readings focus on baptism because they want to support those catechumens coming into the church at the Easter Vigil. But we're all on journey, so these readings really do apply to us. So let's just look at the gospel for a few minutes. What's interesting is that Jesus first sees the man who was blind. Jesus sees, and he sees everything. He sees our brokenness, and he wants to enter right there. So he comes to the man and he does something very strange. He makes mud using some dirt from the earth and his own saliva. Why would Jesus do that? He wants to recreate the Genesis account of how the world first came to be and how man was created. So in the creation account of Genesis, there's this comparison with light and darkness. The world was created first in this whole realm of darkness and the first words spoken by God were let there be light so light came into the world then when God created man he used a very similar procedure that Jesus used he took dirt from the earth and then as the rabbis have a tradition and we know this from the Dead Sea Scrolls God actually did use his own substance saliva to make the mud that would form the first man but more importantly, and this is in scripture, he breathed into man the breath of life. So there's the, again, combination of the earth and God into humanity. So what's Jesus doing? Because, of course, after the creation account, there was the fall. Jesus has come to make all things new. And he's going to recreate all of us through baptism. We are born again. This is a new creation. And it's an important creation for us because we're brought into this light of Christ. Baptism is putting on Christ. That's why we light the Paschal candle and we give the light to the godparents of the child or who is being baptized. So that's the first step in this man's life in today's gospel. He's healed physically, but that's just the beginning. And baptism is just the beginning for us. 
Jesus tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Jesus is the scent one. The man is washing himself in Christ, as we do in baptism. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. But then the man has to grow in his sight, which is what happens. As he's being cross-examined by the scribes and the Pharisees, because Jesus performed this miracle on the Sabbath, just as the first creation culminated on that seventh day, Jesus deliberately heals on the seventh day of the Sabbath, he then begins to realize, as he's giving answers, who Jesus is. He comes to this deeper perception that, first of all, he's a man who made mud, put it on my eyes. That was his first response. Secondly, after further cross-examination, he realizes Jesus is a prophet. Then he comes to a deeper realization that Jesus is the sent one, because he says to the Pharisees, no one can perform a miracle like this unless they are sent from God. And then finally, he comes to the height of sight with this statement of faith, I believe you are the Son of Man, which is a divine title. Then he does something which is the culmination of all sight. He wants to bring that vision to others, and he begins to evangelize. He's trying to evangelize the scribes and the Pharisees who are cross-examining him. He's reasoning to them they should also accept Christ and be healed. But just as this man is on a trajectory toward ever greater degrees of light, the scribes and Pharisees are descending into ever greater degrees of darkness because of their pride. How can this man, who was born a sinner, that's how blind they are, they had this notion that if someone has a physical defect, it must be because of the sin of themselves or their parents. So they're very full of pride and they say, you're trying to teach us? And now they're in judgment. That's how the gospel ends. So let's now go to the second reading, which again applies to us. Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 5. Brothers and sisters, once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. So that's our marching orders. We have been enlightened. The sacrament of baptism in the early church was called the sacrament of illumination. We've been enlightened by Christ. Now we're called to live what's right and true and just and bring that light into the world as evangelists, growing in our faith all the time, cooperating with the graces of the other sacraments. Let's now go to the first reading from the prophet Samuel. God wants to anoint the future king of Israel. He goes to Samuel, which is his prophet, and he says, go to Jesse's house. Jesse's got a number of sons. I want you to pick the next king. Well, Samuel, with these fallen earthly eyes, looks at the tallest, most handsome, strongest son and says, that must be the future king. And God rejects all of them and then says to Jesse, you must have another son somewhere. Jesse, yes, I have a, the youngest, smallest, scrawniest, out in the fields tending the sheep. God says, bring him in. And then when God sees David, God says, I do not look at external appearances, I look at the heart. 
So why was David's heart different from all the others in his family? He was relegated to the fields. He was the youngest, not considered all that handsome or tall or strong, so let him tend the sheep. But he was out there in the fields for a long time alone. What was he doing? He was praying. He was communing with God. We know that because there's this battle going on where Goliath, the strongest, the tallest of the Philistines, has challenged the Israelites to this great battle. Whoever wins, the other would be in charge of the whole nation. They would subject themselves to the victor. No one from the army of Israel wants to challenge Goliath, except David. He comes in, he looks at Goliath with the eyes of God, because he's been in communion with God, he sees nothing to fear and says, well, I will take him on because God's with me. Everyone's shocked. Saul says, okay, go ahead. And he slays the great giant. And now he is truly anointed by the people as king because he had the eyes of faith, which the rest of Israel lacked. Finally, let's go to the responsorial psalm written by David, Psalm 23, that famous song of Good Shepherd. What does David say? It's very, very instructive for us. And it's looking forward to the Eucharist. He says to God, you have prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. That's how David viewed God. That God was preparing a table for David and would serve David and David's cup would overflow. We are now here. God has prepared a table for us and it's going to be nothing less than God himself. Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Do we have eyes to see that in the depth of what it really is? The sacrament of sacraments. And then as we receive Christ, let our eyes be opened even further and let us be strengthened so we fear nothing. No Goliath, whatever it might be, sickness, loss of employment, loss of relationships, temptation, all of it pales in comparison with the God who is going to give himself to us in this great, beautiful way. That's the readings. Let's rejoice and be glad. God has chosen us this morning to present himself to us. Let us have eyes to see and a voice to rejoice. We go out into the world sent to proclaim the good news.